Hi Beck! Hello, how are you today? Oh, lovely. It's great, Good. thanks. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So today we're going to talk about code of practice. Um, sounds a bit dry, but actually it's something you and I have been talking about for a very, very a long, long time. time. We always talk with all our professional colleagues about this as well and keep trying to get to the bottom of this, like about a code of practice in yeah. early years, don't yeah. we? Yeah, so I, I've looked up the definition of what is a code oh, of practice. Oh, come on then. <laughs> okay, so code of practice is a set of regulations issued by a professional association or an official body explaining how people working in a particular profession should behave. Right, okay. So, yeah. so we know in early years that we have, like, we do have professional bodies such as Ofsted, we have Tactic, Pacey, NDNA, Ofsted, you know, sort of an early years alliance. Mm -hmm. and things. So we know we've got some people we can go to yeah. for some support and we know we've got the fantastic centre of research as well. So that that's amazing. But can you tell me, because we don't actually have a code of practice no. in early years, can you tell me what yours is in yeah. speech and language therapy? Yeah, like, so in, in speech and language therapy, so we have two sort of governing bodies, if you like. We have the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists um, and we have the Health and Care Professions Council. Um, we have to pay um, a subscription to these these bodies, but we also cannot practice without our registration. So this okay. gives us professional registration. Um, and what that does is it's, it's not it's not a way of them checking up on us, but what, what these governing bodies give to us is they give us, there are guidelines and they set out standards, um, again, for professionalism and what and standards, especially from a clinical point of view. So what we, sh the, you know, the minimum, what we should be offering what to children, doing, yeah. adults with certain communication difficulties. So we're all autonomous practitioners, but there are obviously a minimum set of standards, you know, that we must adhere to. It also gives us um, legal support should somebody try and, and sue yeah. us over, over any action. Um, we get CPD, we get support with our CPD in the sense that we are required to log all our, our CPD and that could be listening to a podcast, it could be reading a journal article, it could be going on a, an actual face-to-face -face training. You so know. you asked to like reflect on it as well? Massively so, so it's a reflective log, so what right. we have to do is whatever we've, we've done, and it, like I said, it could just be some personal study, it's looking, unpicking what we did. Um, and what aspect of our job that's going to impact on. So is that to develop my knowledge? Is that to, to in sort of develop the service? Is that, to, you know, something very specific for a child? Right. Um, and then it's it's about unpicking what that learning was, but what that's done going forward. How am I going to use that learning to to sort of improve my the quality of my practice? And we record all of this and then that gets audited. Um, it's a random audit of, you know, speech and language therapy. So your, your sort of name's pulled out of a hat. It's probably a bit more technical than that. Um, and then the, the Royal College will, will look at your reflective log. So you know personally and professionally, for you as a professional person, you know what is expected of you, yeah. what is expected of in practice of you. Yeah. And yes, you know, we could say we've got Ofsted, but that, that feels like Ofsted are coming to look, so it's, it's not really on in each individual person, that's mm. more of, of the provider really. Yeah. So so what we're saying is the code of practice, I mean, and we I discussed this with one of my brilliant deputies when she was there, Cherie, she was fantastic and she, um, she came up with a code of practice for our setting, which we looked at 
um, together and we started to use. So this code of practice talks about how we should feel and how we should be in the mm. setting. So when somebody comes into our setting straight away, they know exactly, we can give them the code of practice and they know exactly how they should behave, how they should feel, what they can do if they don't feel like that, what the minimum practical element is that they should be doing. So, so and it's really, it's really great and we've used it loads. And I feel, we were always talking about sort of professionalism of early years, and I feel this would be a really good starting place to have this to have you yes. know to actually so we all knew the expectation so we all create in early years we all create create our own things which gives us a great amount of an sort of autonomy autonomy yeah. it's really really good that we've got that but we also are sometimes trying to firefight our way through loads of paperwork to discover other things and i think to have that professionalism we need to have a certain element of this is our code of practice but it should be created by people who are in early years as oh, well absolutely yeah and i think what you're looking at is is that sort of equity of service in early years and we've you've created you know you're sure created this code of practice that you are using it gives you that sort of moral and ethical code to to what you're doing but another setting down the road hasn't haven't written one and it, it's a totally different experience so I, it just feels that if if there was something in place that was that was had sort of that was adopted nationally, it gives it just gives another layer of professionalism. I think it really does. Yeah. That, that sometimes is not looked on as as a professional industry, yeah. which of course we know it is. But I think again, what we're saying is no. This is our minimum of expectation. What, of, yeah, of what's and, expected. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And also, I'm just thinking about students. If, if you have students coming in. And to your setting that's the first thing they should be reading yeah to know to know like this is this is our foundation of our setting yeah. we enable sort of really well-being of our team so that they can look after children to the best yeah. of their ability to create lifelong learning and happiness you know yeah. and better futures so it's really important to have that one element of this is this is what is a minimum in early mm. years this is what we need to be doing and i think you're right student it needs to start off from students straight away so so what we're going to do is pop this onto our website and anybody is really really welcome mm. to use the code of practice that um that we've sort of Cherie has done mm. and that Thriving Language have put together as well. So they're really welcome to use that, aren't yeah. they? And It'd just as a starting to, place. Yeah, it'd be great yeah. to hear if anybody else has written their own. It'd be fantastic, well. I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah. like you were saying, when, when everybody is so busy, let's if we can work together and create a document, a universal document that, that you know, can be used by anybody, yeah. that's what we should be doing. We should be helping each other out. And, and again, it's a, it is all about it's not it's not a set of rules and guidelines to sort of weigh you down not actually, at all that is the opposite yeah it? yeah it's about supporting staff and and just making sure that everybody knows where they stand and actually if you're experiencing a working environment that doesn't meet that yeah. code then you can chat it gives you can, you can yeah. always challenge anyway but it just perhaps will give you that hang on a minute i do feel like that this isn't working for me and so i'm not who comfortable can I, yeah and i know that i should be feeling yeah. comfortable. so you can that you've got something very concrete to. we definitely don't need about. anything else to be done too because no. i think i think to be honest like everybody wants a little piece of early years but they don't actually always want to be right in it no, and we're, we're always creating something that somebody else has created yeah. and i think this is why we do thriving language so that we can make it easier yeah. for people to 
just come and have a chat and make, we're trying to make everything so easy that people can access it, it and we can just that's what the podcasts are around we talk around everything that we find has been like sort of difficult in early years yeah. or or perhaps a little bit unjust it's like why haven't we got a code of practice and so we would love to hear from any settings that have got one yeah. or any bodies that would like to work with us Absolutely. and sort of you know work with this code of practice and say yeah this is what we need in professionalism but we need it to be from the early years voice it needs so. to be that voice absolutely right yes yeah. so please do get in touch at the, the usual places so rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk yeah and then if you wanted to access our website that's www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk and you can follow us on instagram and all the other social media um we'd love to hear from we you we'd love to hear from you thanks thank so you much. bye